Hi, welcome to the Wellness Doctors Podcast with Dr. Lorena and Dr. Vanessa. We are both medical doctors who talk about how to optimize health and well-being so that you can be empowered to make better healthy choices, enrich the lives of people around you and join us in the evolution of healthcare. Hi everybody, this is Dr. Lorena and I'm doing a podcast today with Emily Chung. She is a friend that I met a few months ago and is someone who really impressed me with her vibrant red lipstick, <laughs> but also her interest in financial planning or her, her career in financial planning. So welcome, Emily. Thank you, Lorena, for having me. <laughs> nice to have you on the podcast because, uh, as you know, we are about lifestyle, health and wellness. And we also are very holistic in the sense that we want to understand a bit more about financial well-being or financial health. So it's great to have you to shed your experience and your knowledge and advice on how and why is it so important to be able to find someone professional like yourself and discuss what it means to have good financial health. Yeah, so, Thank you. Yeah, please tell me a bit about yourself and your background. Okay, well, um, just to, to start off with, um, thank you so much for inviting me, uh, Lorena, and, um, and being part of this fantastic community that you've created uh, between yourself and Vanessa. So just a bit of background about myself. Um, I've been in the financial services industry for just over 16 years. Um, that's not to give away my age. <laughs> uh, start, <laughs> starting, well, young at yeah, heart. <laughs> young at heart, exactly. <laughs> so starting my career um, in Australia, where I'm originally from, uh, where I spent eight years in private banking, uh, looking after high net worth clients with their financial planning needs. I then mm. moved across to the UK, where I spent a further eight years in in private banking, um, again, mm-hmm. looking after high net worth clients with their financial planning requirements. Mm-hmm. Uh, two years ago, I was invited to join St. James's Place as a partner to build my business here in Hong Kong. Um, this mm-hmm. is a very personal journey. So my journey to Hong Kong has been a very personal one where it's born from life experience um, with the passing of my beloved father and coming of age, getting older, and I remember at university, straight after university, was very much about the aim and ambition was to climb that corporate ladder, see how quickly you can get to the directorship, the vice presidentship, et cetera. And, um, mm. and as a child, I remember I was given very strong principles to follow. But it wasn't until the mm. death of my dad when I began to understand the true meaning of humility and what it means to show compassion and care for someone else other than myself. So after spending Mm. over 16 years in banking, I realised the public will soon lose patience with us. So I thought, if I'm going to come to Hong Kong, what can I do differently? So what if I Mm. dared to create a future that not only delivered return on our money, but was kinder, fairer and more sustainable? So what if we all invested with integrity and insisted on empathy, inclusivity and diversity within our businesses? And that was my plan. My business plan became purposeful. It had meaning. And that's why it resonated with me so well 
um, my partnership with St. James's Place. So that's just a little bit of background about myself. <laughs> I hope it wasn't too long-winded. <laughs> no, that's great because uh, like yourself, I grew up in Australia and uh, like yourself, my, my family is Chinese or Asian background. Mm-hmm. And for yourself as well, um, being in a... Being, being brought up with Chinese philosophies, um, Chinese people are not, not that we're obsessed about money, but it's very important. So, you know, yes. we have a whole Chinese New Year around um, yes. receiving and giving red packets. Exactly. <laughs> so, so you would have been in a career where it was like the, the um, sort of uh, the, the best utilisation of, of, of our skills and of of our respect uh, for material goods exactly yeah so mm. so and I have to say respect uh, because I think often um, sometimes we look at it not respectfully but actually we use it as a source of power or Mm. a source of way of like um, of of trying to improve our status so it seems to be you know when you come from such a corporate world Mm. it must be very cutthroat you know that's kind of um when we watch movies that's a kind of um, <laughs> idea that I have <laughs> no I think um you're it, it's it's a shame because throughout the 16 years my life in you know in in financial services I know personally for myself my own personal experiences there mm. I've gone through that journey of you know climbing that corporate ladder so I really yeah. didn't have people's you know, interest at heart. Um, I was a very respectful person and as a child I was very thoughtful. I was a very thoughtful mm. child and very considerate. But when mm. it came to my career, I, it was just very different. You know, I just mm. I was just hungry for that. I was driven, I was hungry, and I wanted to climb that corporate ladder, not at any cost, but, mm. you know, to meet that target. It was very much focused on transactional banking. You know, selling products to clients, um, you know, flavor of the month that was available, whether it be a structured product or structured note or whatever it may be. It was mm. what the banks were selling and what we could generate uh, a bonus or commission on, you know. And mm. throughout the 16 years and, and especially, you know, the last nine years when, you know, the mm. passing of my dad, you know, my life took a real turn and financial mm. well-being took a real genuine turn in my life and it was not Mm. so much about you know what money I could make for myself but how Mm. I could incorporate that knowledge um, into the lives of of my clients into the lives of families you know Mm. wealth can liberate us you know money can liberate us but it's the memories Mm. that we create that is so impactful and so powerful I think that's where the change in view and the change in perspective in financial wellness and financial well-being got me thinking about the business plan that I had in mind when I joined St. James's Place. It wasn't mm-hmm. just about transactional. It had to mm-hmm. be about putting people at the heart of everything that you do with purpose, mm-hmm. with meaning, in order to see them thrive as a family, as a community like what you're building here, um, you know, with your wellness doctors. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think it's, it's a, it needs to be an environment which is um, 
feel safe because when someone comes to see you and discusses your overall finance or their overall financial needs, it's quite intimidating. Yeah. It's quite personal. And so to yes. take for them mm-hmm. to take that first step, you know, you need they need to know that they're speaking to someone that truly understands them and truly cares for them. You know, not mm-hmm. interested in selling them a product, but actually interested in their situation. Actually wants to take the time to understand them. And I think that's the difference between, you know, some financial advisors that unfortunately have taken that path. And, and not mm-hmm. to say that, you know, it's right or wrong, but like myself, we all have our journey to go yeah. through. And, and that's my journey in the last 16 years is my own self-discovery for me and, and how other people may approach their profession is very much on them. But for me, I'm very proud of, of my own personal journey. Mm. And you say that uh, in a very uh, clear way because mm. when we talked about uh, financial services before, that mm. industry is unfortunately um, being known to be very impersonal and uh, one of one of the issues there is that finances is such a personal thing so for example mm-hmm. if I go to the bank and I wanted to take out a loan mm-hmm. I have to disclose all the different types of debts or mm-hmm. investments mm-hmm. and uh, the status to a person that I don't actually know who's not part of mm-hmm. my family or yeah. you know someone who, who I've just met in the last mm-hmm. five minutes and yet mm-hmm. there's and about ourselves, I guess, because um, we, we do identify our value with whatever material goods we have or not have. So mm. disclosing that to a stranger can be really quite threatening and quite frightening. Mm. Uh, so I think like to have somebody who can, who like a doctor, for example, mm. who mm. You, you, you're a doctor of financial wealth. Yes, exactly, <laughs> so, exactly. So, finding, yeah. <laughs> so this is the reason why I thought, wow, there's so many Mm. Uh, in what in in the kind of work that we do because mm. we are in a situation where we're privy to quite personal information perhaps even our own families are not aware of that so to give that information to someone to then look at it and give us advice on what's the best approach uh, I think that's something which is uh, really important so when you mention going to a place uh, or uh, a person or a group that uh, has your best interests at heart and can look at a situation and not just say, well, what product can I sell you that's going to give me mm-hmm. the best benefit, but yeah. what we have that's going to mm-hmm. help this person achieve mm-hmm. the most amount of security or goals or achieve whatever it is that they've actually come to you for. So uh, I really appreciate that, to, no, you know, no. this type of insight from you. No, definitely. And I think, um, it, you know, it, it's really important for, for, for anyone, um, you know, listening. It's about complimenting. You know, a lot of the times, like you, you go to um, a stylist, a hairstylist, um, you get your colour done at one place and you may have that person cut your hair. Sometimes Perhaps you don't like the way that person cuts your hair, so you may go to someone else. <laughs> financial planning is very much about that. You know, you, you need this. We, we're mm-hmm. all, we have different skill sets. Some, you know, I have my strengths and my weaknesses. 
And sometimes mm-hmm. I may need to bring on external experts or, you know, tax advice um, specialist to help mm-hmm. my clients um, achieve their objectives. But what we all need to understand is we need to be able to complement each other. We're here not to complete everything for you, but if we can add value and complement what you already have, I think that's the, the plus side. And then going mm-hmm. back on what you said about um, the, it's quite intimidating. It is intimidating because, you know, a lot of people that I speak to, you know, they're, they're quite um, standoffish at first because they don't understand mm-hmm. the reason why I'm asking them such intrusive questions. And, and there's mm. no personal question, but if you explain it carefully, you know, for me to understand um, your overall, your own personal circumstances, at least it's somewhere for me to start to build the framework of your financial future and your financial wellness. Because without a complete story, it's like judging a, don't ever judge a book by its cover. You know, mm. we... We, we look at someone and you think, oh, she's a nice person. But when you get to know that person, you think, oh, no, I've misjudged her or I've you know, <laughs> completely misinterpreted her or her or him yeah. or whatever reason it may be. Likewise, with, um, with, with financial planning, it's exactly the same thing. The more mm-hmm. information you learn about someone, the more you're able to help them. Likewise, with a person, the more time you spend in, in learning about them, um, the more you understand their values, their integrity, and the person that they are. And I think that's important. And that was one of the reasons why I was so keen um, to speak to you yourself and Vanessa was about getting people to understand my background, where mm. I've come from, and the values and the integrity that I stand for as an individual. So that way there is at least that less doubt in their mind that they are speaking to someone that actually does care for their financial well-being rather than looking at them as, oh, here's a dollar sign, here's much, how much money I can make from you or so forth and so yes. on. So, so that's, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, we are in an in environment where we do need to make money and it is, um, you know, we need to put food on the table, pay our rent and Hong Kong is an expensive city. However, it's finding that fine line and fine balance in doing it the right way, doing it with integrity. And like I said, it needs to be fairer, kinder and more sustainable. And why sustainable? Because the relationships last longer. You know, you don't want a relationship that is only one or two years. You want a sustainable relationship that's ongoing, that you have Mm -hmm. a relationship that you look after the parents and then, in 10 years' time, when the children are older and are working, you're helping the children. So it's that legacy planning. Mm. So going to this area of the kind of services that you offer, so what are the kind of uh, people who come to Because it seems that there's all different kinds of uh, situations in life and age groups, and you may also have some advice as to how do we uh, make sure that um, you mentioned legacy. So, how do we make sure that our own children, if we have children, <laughs> how do they how do they start, and what kind of values uh, should we also be teaching mm-hmm. them? Okay, well, um, just in regards to how Saint James's Place um, approach and and why it resonated with me is that we deliver face-to-face mm-hmm. bespoke relationship-based advice 
So it's very much about mm-hmm. sitting down with the clients, understanding their circumstances. It's to understand not only where they are today, but even more importantly, to consider where they want to, you know, to be in the future. You know, we help mm. clients from um, to implement financial strategies that could incorporate family protection, education planning mm-hmm. if they have children, and retirement strategies, just to name a few. Um, our so it our approach to investment management mm-hmm. is to I guess carefully select a number of external managers of outstanding ability to manage our funds, and this is one of the factors or the key factors that I find St James's Place um, extremely attractive when I partnered up with them is that unlike mm-hmm. other investment management approach, um, our our approach is quite distinctive in the marketplace because unlike other IFAs and um, companies, for example, St. James's Place only uses external fund managers for its funds. So, um, mm. so while other companies will only, you know, have direct interest in selling their own in-house investment funds, St. James's mm-hmm. Place don't actually have this conflict of interest. So our clientele, um, you know, I'm, uh, some clients say, you know, mm. Emily, I don't, I, you know, I don't have enough money to come and see you. Mm. I don't warrant, um, you know, I'm only middle class, um, so I don't warrant this wealth management service. And that was a recent client that I just met, you know, a couple of days ago. And that made me really mm. sad because, you know, we all, we're all entitled to, to live a fulfilled life. And that's the financial well-being aspect of it is whether you're, you know, coming out of university, doing your, you know, starting your first job, you know, that we could look at um, a regular savings plan, uh, your regular contribution, getting started early. And I think this is one of the um, the, the five-step action plans that I advise my clients. I'm, I'm not sure whether you want me to go through that now or maybe later. Yes, um, sure, okay. sure. <laughs> so, so, the, so the, basically the five-start action plan is to get started early. Like if you're you know, you've got your first job, you're in your early 20s, you've got surplus income, you know, it's mm. important to adopt good habits in starting finance, your financial planning early and visualise the retirement plan you want. And obviously you can't tell a 23-year-old, you know, what retirement planning looks like. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, it's, but it's not so much as, um, uh, you know, visualising the retirement planning, but it's getting yourself into a good habit um, starting mm. early so for the younger generation time is on their side you know being 23 I'd love yeah. to be 23 again or maybe yeah. not <laughs> you know uh, so depending start, on how you look at things <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so to start early and invest early is important because if you think mm. about even if you put aside you know ten thousand dollars per month for over 12 months or over five years that is a lot of money and just parking mm. that aside and investing that, that is a tremendous amount of money. And when you're 27 and you look back on the amount of money that you've actually accumulated over that time, you think, oh, my goodness, if you didn't mm. tell me and you didn't help me with that, I may never have seen that money. And so they, mm. then it gets them thinking and it gets them excited because they can see that they actually have a balance in their, in their account not just in cash, but in investment. So they're thinking, oh, what else can I do? So they're all, always, so it, become, it gets them thinking. So they, 
it, they become hungry for more information. So they do their research and think, oh, who else can help me? How can you grow this? So, and, and then you've got the second stage of it is to review your coverage. You know, insurance mm -hmm. premiums, as you know, is it's much lower when you're younger because there's fewer mm. health complications. So the older you get, the higher the premiums will be. But, you know, your life circumstances when you were 23 versus when you're 33 is totally different because by that, in that 10-year period, you know, you might be, you know, married, have a debt, mm. you know, have a mortgage liability or whatever it may be. So you need to review the coverage. So the regular coverage um, is, is important to review that. And then... Second, and then that's the second part. And then thirdly, you've got um, you've got to plan for the unexpected. So, mm. for, for example, if you have a young family, or if you, you don't have a young family, you've got accumulated assets. You know, not having a will in place um, or inadequate estate planning can have serious financial legal implications for many mm. of the families in Hong Kong. So that is planning for the unexpected what would happen if something unforeseen was happened to myself if I was mm. incapacitated um, so that's the third thing and and fourth thing is simply speak to your family understand what your family's goals and aspirations are you know in a mm -hmm. cultural world in Asia where you know it's respectful it's seen that you know we look after our parents this is yes. the culture that we live in that you and I are familiar with we respect mm. our elders. So it's important to discuss and agree on, on not only their retirement plans, but how it fits in with your own retirement plan. Because I think mm -hmm. it's important to find that, you know, healthy balance between not, you know, because when you get older, you will have your own responsibilities, your own identity and your mm. own family. And but not also to be respectful of, of the parents and the people that have you know, gotten mm. you from A to B. So speaking mm. to your family is important so that you, both sides, both generations, two generations are mm. clear on that aspect of it. And mm. then the the fifth point in, in the action plan is um, make plans to pass on the wealth. So what do mm. we need to do um, with the right advice, passing wealth to others in your family can be extremely rewarding. So how do we want... Um, you know, the wealth to be passed on to our children. You know, do we mm -hmm. want the children, you know, if something unforeseen was to happen to mum and dad, um, do we get, does the, the children at the age of 13 inherit millions and millions of dollars? So is that mm -hmm. something that we want, that we would be responsible for if we gave a 13-year-old millions and millions of dollars? So it's, it's passing and making those plans pass on the wealth to the next generation. And if, if those that, you know, come across that are, are, you know, higher wealth or higher worth of wealth, there, there could be legacy plans. There could be, there could be a need for philanthropic needs, you know, um, building mm -hmm. that legacy for the, for, the, for the family and leaving that legacy for the family. So I think those mm -hmm. five key points are important. Start mm -hmm. early, plan for the unexpected, review what you currently have, speak to your family and always plan for passing that wealth on. And if you look at those five points, it's very 
very simple because those are the timelines that you follow as you progress mm. through through your life, I guess. Mm. So it's interesting that um, you have these this plan because also when and it's personalized to that person and so they develop these habits early on based on the goals and the vision that they have for mm. their future. So I really appreciate that level of discussion that you have it because this is mm. also something that resonates with us because even though people may come with a specific condition, it's the same condition across the board, but the person who has that condition is different because they have different mm. upbringing, different and a different uh, history. So it's it's um, quite interesting that you, you talk about these different steps. Um, and one of the things I wanted to ask your uh, uh, opinion about uh, or experience about is because the world population is getting older. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people are coming to you, uh, and you mentioned this before, that 53% of people believe that they won't have enough for their retirement so, and, and this is a source of significant stress for people. And it's something that goes into that mental health and well-being. It's kind of very, very tied in together. Mm. And um, Vanessa herself has mentioned that she sees a lot of clients where yeah, they've invested yeah. heavily and all of a sudden the investments didn't pay the dividends and it's triggered mm. mental, <laughs> mental stress. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so this is something that you're familiar with. So can you share your uh, insights into this? Yeah, I think, um, you know, when, when I mentioned that figure, 53% of Hong Kong, because um, St. James's Place conducted an inter- and interviewed over a 1,000 people uh, recently, mm. and uh, those that responded said, you know, 53% believe they won't have enough money saved for a comfortable retirement, and that's a large percentage of people. And, and the mm. reason I feel um, from the clients that I've spoken to, or even people, uh, women and men that I've spoken to, going back to, uh, you know, the intimacy, because it is an intimate, uh, you know, intimate moment that you spend an hour with a financial um, wealth advisor or financial planner or even a doctor. It's, it's quite intimate to, you know, unclothe yourself, so to speak. Yes. And, 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 the, and the women and the men that I've spoken to, I think that's a really good analogy unclothing because you you do feel quite exposed and quite quite exposed and and you know yes. it's, it's intimidating so yes. so yeah. so um you know yes. I, <laughs> so I have um you know people in their 50s and they and they because they have this idea in their mind that you know when you hit a certain age at 50 you know t- retirement's just literally around the corner 10 15 years until retirement so they they have this expectation they should have x amount of money already saved up or already invested um so when in their mind they think they don't you know they think oh you know i'm not worthy of speaking to you i i don't fit in the the brand of of mm. being wealthy enough to speak to a financial planner but that's mm. not the case mm. because i think it's it's important to look at why we do the job that we do you know like yourself as a doctor you want mm. to understand the symptoms to help you know prevent that symptom, symptom from getting out of control or whatever it is so mm. for my role is very much controlling the situation so for mm. example you know we, i ask a lot of people you know 
how much money do do you feel you need to live on after retirement? Mm. And mm. most of people don't actually know how much they need to live on. So, for example, mm. if 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 someone says like for me myself, I I'd say that I will probably need fifty thousand dollars per month to live on when mm. I retire. So times that yeah. by twelve, so that's about six hundred thousand dollars Hong Kong dollars that I need per year after retirement. So therefore, mm-hmm. when I retire, I would need to have accumulated a retirement pot or retirement money of at least a minimum of twelve million Hong Kong dollars. That's looking at a an average conservative return of five percent per annum. Mm-hmm. So twelve million dollars is what I need to have. A Accumulated when I retire, that's quite an intimidating number, but it's not mm-hmm. impossible. Mm-hmm. The possibility is all around the planning aspect of it. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's it's planning. You know, some some of us get stressed because you know they don't have enough money. They believe they not have enough money, so they think, oh, you know, I'm I'm just not going to worry about it. You know, I'm you know I've got a cut on my leg; it's bleeding, and I'm going to. Just let it bleed, and I'll, I'll eventually just sticky tape it, or, or you know, and, and glue it back together <laughs> myself. Yeah, band aid over it, and I'll be okay. And then it keeps bleeding. Likewise with mm. financial planning, the, mm. the the later you leave it in life, the the harder it is to to plan. But it's not impossible. So instead of mm. retiring in ten years' time, you may need to push your retirement back another ten years. So you mm. may need to look at retirement at seventy, or potentially you may to you may need to um, live your retirement much simpler. So the amount of money that you thought you would like to have may need to be brought back down from fifty thousand dollars per month to maybe twenty thousand dollars per month or twenty five thousand dollars per month. So therefore, mm. the type of lifestyle you want to live throughout your retirement is important. What type of lifestyle do you want? Do you want to be, you know, financially free and not to worry about stresses, you know, to live on a passive income that you've accumulated, that you've carefully planned um, and put Mm. together and planned with a financial planner, put that in place for you. So Mm. so that's, that's probably the experiences that I have is a lot of people have this misconception of, the amount of money that they would have needed by 50 instead of looking at let's not worry about what what other people are doing or what the Joneses are doing. Not, let's not compare yeah. ourselves with the Joneses. Let's look at carefully planning for myself, for my future. What is it that I need to do for myself? You know, and, and actually be, be comfortable, be uncomfortable and saying I need help. Or I need you to help me plan or better plan because we're not all professionals in what we do. But that's why we've got financial planners out there and that's why we have doctors mm-hmm. like yourself out there to help people get them back mm-hmm. on track. Mm. Because I think a lot of people don't know what what where they want to be because they haven't really had to think about it but if you go to somebody and they give you almost um, a rundown of what your risks are what your resources are it's almost um, then at least there's a clearer picture as to okay what 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 goals do I need to set what time frame at least as a structure as to how to go about uh, improving the situation 
so I think like there's a there's a quite a lot of overlap and um, mm. I really appreciate that you go through this because when people come to you and say I don't have enough but you also mentioned before that you look at what their resources are mm. uh, I think that's a really positive way of putting the situation mm. um, so I think that that's something which a lot of people don't realize that um, or they don't think about but when you, they go to someone like yourself um, you're you're able to give them ideas uh, where to look and what what to do so mm-hmm. that that seems to, you know something that I think even like myself as you're talking about all this I'm mm, thinking yes. about myself <laughs> <laughs> which, which is good exactly because it, you know it it's it's about at the end of the day you know it's where you are and where you like to get to. We all, it's, it's, our, it's our journey from A to B. You know, the sooner we get there, the better it is. Some, somehow, sometimes, like my own journey in financial plan, um, in financial services industry, I've gone through ups and downs. And there's always doubts and learnings, personal journeys and personal growth and all of that. Mm. But, but my job and my role and my, I, I see myself as a, a support, you know, mm. a, supporting I, mean, I play a supporting role and it's mm. the clients that are the the um the protagonist so mm. as a supporting role how do I support you in helping mm. you get to where you want to be and sometimes the hard questions need to be answered I need to make some sacrifices you know spending mm. um all your money on um you know luxurious goods or brand products is not actually it may not get you the retirement plan that you want so you need to look at the sacrifices you know making those important Mm. decisions and the sacrifices that you need to make in order to achieve your objective and that is all that comes down to what the person's priorities are what is the most important Mm. thing for a family for an individual or for a couple priorities Mm. and and normally for young couples it's, it's usually, you know, 99.9% of the time, it's their children's education. So, mm. and, you know, the planning for the children's education. And for young, mm. young individuals, it's like to build wealth, to create, to mm. build your assets and your investment portfolio. So let's see how we can do that with what you mm. about looking at what we have. And building on that and if we don't have the resources now now then we need to visit what sacrifices do we need to make in order to mm. have those resources to make those plans and so you also mentioned that um, one of the things about the uh, priorities these days is is where a lot of do you, do you see that the the, the generations and the and the time change do you see a different uh, demographic of people coming to you like are we more um, focused on brand names and material things and and all those <laughs> and we think that that's normal <laughs> uh, and we need to sort of come back down to work and, and actually, you know do you, do you see a lot of that kind of um, examples in your experience <laughs> I, th- I think, um, to be honest, um, the younger generation are more, more savvy. Uh, you know, we're, we're 
exposed to technology and, and you know, with so much vastness in IT and, and everything else and the information is at, at our fingertips, you know, so it's they're actually more informed. So there's more information out there for them to search for the best of the best financial mm. advisors or what have you. Um, and, and all that is at their fingertips. And, and with the older generation, it, it's still like if you think about, you know, if I look back on mum and dad when they mm. went to mm. their bank for a loan, they just sat in front of their branch manager and, um, and they knew them, you know, for 20 years. And it was, okay, let's give you some money from, yeah. from, the, from the back. But not, not in that <laughs> respect, but similar, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I go and grab you some money and there you go and I know, I know yeah. you're good for the money and there we go. That, those mm. gone were those days and now it's very much about the information and the process and the regulatory mm. requirements mm. and all of that stuff. But I think it comes down to, you know, the younger generation, they want, they want the future. They're more concerned mm. about their environment. They, they're more concerned about, mm. you know, what they're eating, um, you know, and, 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 and all of that. So therefore they're more concerned and more astute about mm. their own financial well-being. So, but obviously from that comes mm. with a lot of pressure as well. You know, the pressure of and of being, you know, being better mm. than someone else or dressing mm. better than someone else. And, and, and you know, if you look at the, the, um, the pressures of university mm. students in Hong Kong, it's extreme, it's high. Mm. You know, I, I can't quote the, um, the percentage offhand, but, you know, it's, it, it's high and it's stress level of the competition of, of the parents putting that much mm. pressure on you and, and the like. Um, but I, I think for my role in particular, it's, it's let's, let's just shut mm -hmm. the noise out. Let's not focus on everyone else and what everyone else is doing, what you think you should be or where you should be in life at your age or whatever it is. Let's just focus and concentrate solely on yourself and that's what makes the role and what I do so so important and so rewarding is that if I can add value to a family or an individual and know that I've played a supporting role with their financial requirements in helping them get that much closer to their priorities then I must have done something right and that's, I think that's what is. And that's important. great to hear because obviously, yes, like you said, we all have to pay the bills. And I, I think we all have accounts. But I also think that if you're providing advice in the service, you also want to do it because it's something that you feel is helping um, other people more, in, more not, not just in a material or physical way. Uh, for me, I also feel that it's mm. something that we want to leave behind for other people to hopefully follow the same kind of steps in the way that they also provide a service or, or give advice. And, you know, what I hear from you is it's never too late to uh, look at this, look at the issues and, and to find someone like yourself to talk through them. Though mm. so the other question I have now mm. is when do you start? <laughs> at what age or... <laughs> How, how do we go back to children? Like how do we help the young generation um, even before they have any awareness develop good habits? <laughs> not, 
I think it's um, grassroots is, is, you know, going back to grassroots level is so important. I think I'm not sure whether I mentioned it to yourself um, or to someone else. It's one of the ideas that I had was, you know, going to schools and even at schools or small communities, family, mothers groups where the children and encouraging the children to say, let's grow basil, give you some seeds and mm -hmm. from the basil it will grow. So they can see the seeds, the seedlings grow mm. into basil and turn into basil. So what are we going to do with this basil? Oh, <laughs> we can make pesto. So what do we need for pesto? So, okay, so they start thinking about it. They get excited mm. because it's very hands-on. And I, I've got friends who have children and, and their um, <laughs> attention span is limited. So you need to get them, you need to get them excited. <laughs> you need to get them to do things. So pesto, how do we make pesto, mum? So let's see how we make pesto. So we look at pesto. So, so you're, for a child, their priority is, I want to get a scooter, mum. So what do we do? How do we get them? How do we encourage them to save money, to make money in order to aim for that scooter? So from basil, we can, we can turn it into pesto. From pesto, let's look at bottling that pesto. By bottling that pesto, they understand the value or sourcing bottles and, and the cost of it all. So they, in, them, in their mind, in their little young mind, they're mm. already budgeting. So a bottle costs this much, making pesto costs this much. So what's the profit that I will have at the end of it? How much money do I need in order to make <laughs> or how much do I need to sell the pesto for in order to make money? In order for me to save to buy that so therefore they, they, they get, get their mind thinking about it and I think this is so important is to encourage the younger generation you know instead of you know I know from for a lot of Asian cultures you know and, and not all of us are, are privileged or come from privileged families where you know our mum and dad have planned well in advance to when when they come out of university you have a great deposit for a house and what have your mum and dad give you or hand you a house. So that's mm. something you don't have to worry about. You know, not, not many mm. of us are privileged to do that. So it's important to teach young children the value of money because from grassroots level by teaching them the value of money and how we can change and grow seeds into basil and turn that into a profit in order to acquire a, a scooter that is that is a, a yeah. process in itself that you know it, it's it's mm. exactly the same as when you're an adult you know your priority is you want to buy a house okay so what do we need for you to buy a house we need to plan <laughs> for that house you can't just go and and you know go to the backyard and pick money from the tree and there there we go we'll get a deposit mm. for a house it's not that simple likewise that's what financial planning is all about is from a very young age it gets you know young children thinking and valuing money and looking at things differently and getting mm. their young minds to think differently and that's important and that's a responsibility that I think as as a community we need to encourage mm -hmm. and we need to foster um, in young minds and likewise with um, you know older generation you know being a role mm. model is so important and, and having, having those goals and objectives is so important and, and, and it's just implementing that in, in the most sustainable way and possible. And I think what you say is really 
in, interesting because that involves being very mindful as a parent as to what we're teaching our kids as they're growing up on how to respect money and material goods and what's the actual process of getting there because it's not just the actual end goal but the whole process teaches us different types of characteristics and values which we carry on into adulthood and so if we can develop a healthy relationship with these things um, then I think we, we, we have much more capacity to be kind and generous and to understand uh, what we, we need for ourselves but also how do we share that with, with other people so I think that it's much more than <laughs> just mm. just uh, money. I think it's also in, in every aspect of, of life that we can apply these to. Exactly. I totally agree, Lorena. It, it, um, yes. It's a responsibility. You know, uh, I think, it, you know, we need to care for the environment that we live in. You know, not to be, um, talk about politics or anything, but our environment is, mm. is, is, is ours. Likewise, our home is ours and the people that mm-hmm. we care for are ours and we have a responsibility and that responsibility needs to be taken with genuine love and care. We need to approach it with, with effort that is, that is thoughtful, you know, with, rather mm-hmm. than seeing it as a chore. You know, a lot of people look at their financial planning, oh, my God, this is something I'll, I'll do tomorrow, I'll do next year or I'll you know, I'll do next month or I'll speak to someone next month. And they always put it off. I don't know why. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a phenomenon that's always um, baffled me because it, it's something that, you know, everything, financial well-being and our health, emotional and mental health and well-being very much go hand in hand. When we are able to cover the basic mm. elements of food, shelter, and water for ourselves, we're less stressed, we're, more, we're more, less likely to be stressed about that and we're more likely to focus on things that we can thrive on, that we can, you know, we can achieve, we can focus our attention on the things that we love to do. You know, we all have responsibilities, but if we do it with thought and care rather than a chore and do it with purpose, and that will resonate with the people you talk to and the people you meet. So, and you know, like hairdressers <laughs> and doctors. There's so many doctors and so many hairdressers, but it's 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 finding the right person in the right community in order to that mm. resonates with you. The same values that you mentioned that has the same integrity as you do. So share those values, and, and that's important. And so. When you also um, wanted to, there's there's another there's another point that you also wanted to discuss um, further from the action plan is also discussing the lifeline. Is there something specific about that? Can you um, sort of explain or broaden the understanding uh, about what that means? Hmm. I did touch on it briefly in regards to um, when we complete a lifeline it's simply an exercise to try and help our clients visualize Uh their future goals Um, the problem with things like retirement planning is it's Mm. not very tangible Mm. like property for example 
So, um, and, and people find it harder to think about, sorry, so people find it much harder to think about and to plan for. The lifeline just simply helps make future plans mm-hmm. more visible and tangible so we can structure a plan around them. So going back to the example of how much do you, do you would you like or do you want mm-hmm. when you retire? Uh, the lifeline, um, it's just an exercise um, to try and help clients visualise their future goals. The mm. problem uh, the problem with things um, like, you know, retirement planning, it, it's not very tangible. It's not mm. something like you can see with property, for example. So it's harder to think about and to plan for. Whereas like, the lifeline helps, you know, to make those future plans more visible and more tangible so that we can structure a plan around that. And going back to the example of, um, you know, how much money do you need for retirement? Mm. If you look at $50,000, then you would need $600,000 per annum Mm. per year after retirement. So that Mm. means you would need to have accumulated in total $12 million and, and speaking to someone about it and see and understand how we can make your retirement planning more tangible and more visible to you so you can visualise it better. And so is it also um, a bit of a challenge sometimes because now that we are much more uh, international or global citizens, do you see that sometimes perhaps people's retirement goals can change? Definitely, definitely. We have, um, Hong Kong is is very much, um, you know, an expat city. And, and like most cities, mm. is an expat city. Mm. And our business at St. James's Place is, you know, majority of our clients or my clients are expats you know, mm. from Europe, Australia, Australasia and everywhere else. And we do also look after local clients as well Mm. and therefore we look at um, jurisdiction issues and taxation issues that may they Mm. may encounter if they move back to the UK or Australia Mm. or wherever that may be Mm. but this is the the beauty of what we do and and what Mm. the service industry offers is taxation advice you know Mm. we we don't offer um, taxation advice we do have tax and technical specialists but mm. if there is a need for us to refer them to for more tax technical tax advice, then mm. we would have the right partnerships that we trust to ensure that um, that relationship is continued on with with someone else. Mm. So it's it, I wouldn't see it as a, an ex, an hindrance or an excuse. Mm. Rather than than then it would require more planning ahead. Mm. Yes, then someone leaves locally or wants to stay here for an indefinite period of time or retiring, retiring here in Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I uh, really appreciate your time today, Emily. And is there anything else that you think we should know about or hear about or anything else that you would like to share today? Um, no, I, I think I think I've pretty much said everything that I need. Um, but I, I think what is important is um, for you not to be afraid of, of, of your own, of taking control or be, 
being independent and being in charge of your own financial well-being. Mm. Like anything in life, you know, if we want to lose weight, we need to start somewhere. Mm. Um, you know, it's not it's not a matter of, you know, um, you know, a, a quick diet per week, per month, and then going back to old habits. Mm. It is about adapting a good habit. Mm. And like financial well-being, it takes time. Mm. And you, you need to be kind to yourself and you need to nurture um, the possibilities that sometimes when you walk past a, a shop window and you see a beautiful dress that you probably know you've got three other similar designs <laughs> and, and styles in yes. your wardrobe, you have to think, okay, well, I don't really need that, but maybe for now I'm, I'm having a really bad day and, you know, I really need this dress because I know it will do me well, even though it will be outside my budget. But we need to be kinder to ourselves. We need mm. to be... In, we need to nurture that part of ourselves. You know, we're not always going to get it right. You know, like ourselves, um, you know, we, we're not always going to get it right. And, and being in the financial services industry for over 16 years, mm. I'm never going to get anything right. But I know that my purpose is very much focused on how I can support families and individuals get to where they want to go. And I think that's, that's really key is finding someone that you trust that has your best interests at heart and that actually genuinely wants to support you and if you can find that person then then therefore you can undress yourself and unclothe and feel <laughs> um you know intimate with them and and tell them all your deepest and darkest secrets because <laughs> from that from when they know your deepest and darkest secrets it helps them help you plan for your future and that's pretty much what financial planning is. It's an intimate process and it's an intimate journey and there's nothing better than doing it with someone that you feel comfortable with and actually has your best interests at heart. It's like being in the football team, like being mm -hmm. a sports team. You know, if you're a team player, you know that person will back you all the way. And that's what you need is someone that's there to hold your hand when when things when the chips are down or when there's um there's there's um we're going through a depressive or depression or you know financial mm -hmm. crisis or whatever it may be you yeah. know you've got someone there that can walk you through and hold your hand and say it's okay you know there's nothing to be afraid of we've got this and that's all you need to do is find someone that you feel comfortable and safe with in order to tell your deepest and darkest fears <laughs> very yes. much about a you know intimate relationship really you it know is. that's what we it are <laughs> it very much is and 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 I mm. didn't really quite see it that way before until today because mm. um and when I met you uh because when we when you say about having good habits it also requires a change in our behavior and we talk about health coaches who help with that process because we need to set goals and we need to be able to find out emotionally what what that means for us um, as mm. human beings. And so that's something that you do clients as, as well. So um, I definitely feel very comfortable. <laughs> very good. So, and, and listening to how, how you approach uh, material things or finances and money, um, I feel that it's important that we all of us find someone that we really connect with. So how do we or how do our audience actually find you and where do, how do we get in touch with you for, for your advice? 
Yes, um, well, St James's Place um, is based in Central, so we're along uh, Queens Road Central, and mm-hmm. um, they can ask for me, Emily Chung, or mm-hmm. um, my contact number is they can call me on 6112-4729 or an email address is emily.chung, which is C-H-U-N-G, at S-J-P-P dot Asia. And, um, and um, I'm sure we'll be able to share that um, physically online as well if those that didn't actually get that. But yes. uh, yeah, so come and, um, come and have coffee with me. And because, you know, it would actually be a real honour and a privilege to sit down and listen to your stories. Because, you know, and I'm one of my passions is storytelling. You know, we are a species of storytellers. Mm-hmm. There's nothing better than to understand other people's stories. And from listening to someone else's story, there's so much wealth of knowledge. And from mm-hmm. that, you know, we can start planning for where you want to be. And that's all it is. It's a simple process, nothing to be afraid of, and everything to gain from it. That's the way I see it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It sounds like you have a great job. <laughs> yeah, I, I do enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, that's it's what I love it's about great. what I do too. I, I just hear stories about different people's experiences and it just it really enriches our journey in this lifetime. So thank mm. you so much. Thank you. And thank you so much for your time, Lorraine. I really appreciate you having or inviting me um, to speak. Yeah, so it's been a, yeah, it's been a privilege to hear your thoughts as well. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. And I uh, hope everyone enjoyed this podcast. And we'll definitely put Emily's contact details in our show notes so that you can find her. And if you're in Central, grab a cup of coffee with her. <laughs> yeah, yes, I'd love to hear your stories, you know, and you know, and that's all we're about. We're, we're here to listen to you. Um, and, and that's important, is listening to you. <laughs> Thank you, Emily, and hope everyone Thank has you. a great day and wish you a nice uh, mid-autumn festival today. <laughs> you can find us at anantawellbeing.com and follow us at anantawellbeing on Facebook and Instagram. If you like our podcast, please give us a five-star review to help other like-minded people find us. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed in this podcast are not medical advice and is not intended to treat or diagnose any medical condition. This podcast and its producers disclaim any responsibility for adverse effects that result from the use of this information. Opinions of guests are their own and are not endorsed by this podcast. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions. We do not make any representation or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Both producers and guests may have direct or indirect interest in the products and services mentioned. If you think you have a medical condition, please consult a licensed physician.